Hello. Well, I'm speaking to myself. Hi, me. <laughs> well, we are going live at 11. Uh, and you know, the funny thing is, is Raina's doctor didn't call her till just a few minutes ago. So she's gonna arrive a little bit late. And we have a different setup today because it is hi uh, because um, we are in good morning we are in the same house so we're gonna try this uh, it's gonna take her a little bit of time to get down here and I'm not hundred percent sure uh, when she's gonna be here but you know what we can do this you might be wondering why am I wearing a hat if you follow me on my own Instagram, you probably know. If you don't, then maybe you don't. Or if you follow me, good morning. If you follow me on uh, Anchored, you might know. Hi, Jen. So, the reason I'm wearing a hat is because in Alberta, they have made it hat day. It's about talking about mental health, health awareness and how important that is for our children. All the schools, whether you're in school or not, you can wear a hat. They're encouraging us to wear hats today to show our support and to, well, actually be able to acknowledge that mental health is important and show our support. So I'm wearing a hat. You know I love hats. So this is my latest hat from West Vaughan. And if you have any questions about it, you can DM me. So mental health is really important and Raina will be down here as soon as she can get here. Uh, she's not going to move too fast um, and it's really just when her appointment is over. But I didn't want to have you guys wait. <laughs> but you know what? This is real life. This is real life. Oh, thank you so much. You know what? Hat? Oh, gosh, I don't know why it took me so long to wear hats. And I don't know. You guys see these earrings? Okay, I'm just gonna talk about some companies that I love. These are little owls, and these are recycled jewelry. It's jewelry made from jewelry that is nobody's using anymore, so it's repurposed. And they're so cute, and it's called Bruno Designs. And we'll tag them. Uh, I think I talked about them before, and I absolutely love them. She made, okay, I'll tell you a little bit of a story about her. She made um, earrings out of skateboards. And she just collaborated with another company that makes furniture out of skateboards. And I was like, oh my gosh. And they are absolutely, the furniture is beautiful. The earrings and the necklaces are beautiful. So I just say, check it out. And I'm wearing two keys that I actually hand stamped. And honestly, <laughs> in the times that we're in, I was like, okay, this one says just be me. And it's so important. And the other one says hope and victory. And I'm like, okay. I have a lot of hope and please let there be a victory in all of this. Uh, I just want to send out um, love and well wishes to everyone because at some stage or other we're all going through losses and we're going through some, well, some real emotional um, stuff right now uh, where some of us are in a lockdown, some of us might have a little bit more freedom. Uh, there's a lot of frustration. There's a lot of disappointment. There's a lot of Just there's a lot of pain and I just we're sending you love and we're just sending you encouragement um, And it really ties into mental health and your mental health matters so much uh, In this time in any time and it is so important to be able to talk about it take the stigma away and last year 
I was so honored to be a part of the HOPE campaign um, in collaboration with Ashley Milkey from the Grief and Trauma Healing Center. Uh, and come on in, Raina. And anyway, I just, um, I learned so much. And mental health isn't talked about enough. Uh, death by suicide isn't talked about enough. And, um, you know, in Alberta alone, over 500 people a year die by suicide. And in Canada, over 4,000 people. And we, this has to stop. We need to talk about it. And men are more likely to die by suicide than women. They're four times more likely. And so we just send out love. And if you need to talk to someone, if you need um, just some encouragement and you're not 100% sure where to look or where to go, DM us and we're going to give you the places we know, but you can also check in your local community and check on your friends, the friends that seem okay, your family members that seem okay, check on them. And Hi. look who's here, our Hello. beautiful Raina. Oh my. Hi. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, okay, she's leaving. I'm just letting the dog oh, out. The dog needs to go outside. Um, yeah, I just got off the phone with my doctor. Mm -hmm. So, um, I don't know where we're at, but that was a very beautiful um, and important message, and I'm so glad that you shared that. Well, I thought it was important, and you know what? Mental health goes along with this journey, uh, very 100%. Much so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so, we're going to do what we always do. We're doing this so different, but we're we're gonna do yeah, our we're actually our little song. Together. We're together. Yes. Just one second, hold, please. Got it ready. <laughs> Does anyone else like this song as much as me? I I really like it. I think it's great. I think who who made it? Sterling Shoffley. Yeah. Okay. Cheers. We're here. I'm, I'm super excited to be doing this today. Just things have, have been, I feel like I'm in a little little bubble um, and it's, I'm just excited to connect with everybody and to, to do this. It's fun. This is our first time actually doing this like together, together. Yeah, we're a mother and so. daughter duo. Oh yeah, I forgot. That's what my, mm -hmm. that's what I was just supposed to say. So I'm Raina, this is Kathy, and we're a mother-daughter duo <laughs> who loves to just have meaningful to us conversations and let you guys kind of have a candid, no holds barred look into those conversations as we navigate the, the different seasons and um, situations in our lives. And for those of you who have been following along, this is actually our 11th episode. Yes. And Raina's in charge of uploading these episodes to podcast. We don't have the last one uploaded. We are up to, to 10. Maybe we do have. I don't know. Is, maybe this is our 12th. I don't even know. But Raina's in charge. And uh, so we're going to give her some grace because really, um, Friday was the day of your surgery. Mm -hmm. So let's just back it up a little bit sure. and tell me about what was your preparation like for this surgery just the days before? Yeah, um, I think I shared a little bit about how I, you know, I've recently been diagnosed ADHD. 
and um, I've been finding out some things about myself and one of the things that's actually kind of funny to me is and I think other people will resonate with this as well is you know before a big event is gonna happen something that you're preparing yourself for there's this kind of period of time between like where you're at and when the events gonna happen and I call it like I'm just making this up on the fly it's kind of like this this freeze zone where you, you kind of feel like you have this inability to prepare you're just like okay I'm here here's this stretch of time and then this is the event and I just need to like wait until like right here before I can do anything so that's kind of how I felt I was I was really you know, I, there was a lot of anxiety for me, a lot of apprehension, just because when you go into a surgery like this, it is really hard to prepare yourself because mm -hmm. one, I've never had this type of surgery before, but two, with endometriosis, you can't know what you're walking into until they're in the surgery. And at that point, you're not really involved. You're, you're not present um, and you can't see or, you just really, really have to trust that they're going to make the decisions they need to make um, to help you. And so that can probably, I feel like that would be hard for a lot of people to do. Yeah. Um, so what so did you do? I really just kept myself busy. Um, you know, I, I tried to, to distract myself as much as I could. I read a lot. I reached out to the endo community and asked, you know, what sorts of things helped them, um, how I could prepare myself. I spent time, you know, doing things that um, I enjoy, um, spent time with my family, um, and eventually got my bag packed. Okay, so you got your, your bag packed. Yes. Um, and then uh, Thursday was the day that we were Driving. going to leave. And we're going to give you two perspectives. We're going to give the patient and then the support person. And luckily, um, and just the way that it turned out, it's not... Luckily, it's just how things happened. Uh, Raina's dad and I um, were gonna drive, or, well, drove her. First, Raina asked me, and I was like, okay, I think I need a support person, a support person. to be the support person, yeah. which be makes sense. And just like John is just this even keeled, kind of steady guy who, when it hits the fan, he's the one that you're gonna wanna um, have holding the wheel. Yeah, holding the wheel. Um, and I'm like, I, I think I'm pretty good under pressure too, but it was just just the stress of having one of my children going through a major surgery. So he, um, I feel like I never, I don't pack um, until just before. I always have done that, but it's not because of a lot of things other than what if I'm gonna wear that or like I'm gonna pack stuff and I'm gonna change my yeah. mind 15 times. It's like, okay, I will have a plan in my head and then I will, Execute it right yeah. before. Yeah. Um, and I, of course, I overpacked. It works. Yeah, I overpacked. Me too. Um, Very and, much. Yeah, I was staying in a hotel for three days. Yeah. I brought a, she two brought pairs like of jeans. A, like a suitcase that the like the carry on suitcase, but like the expanded. It had to be expanded. It had to be expanded when we came home, not because I bought anything, because of dirty clothes. Yeah. But anyway. Right. So I packed the day before as well. Uh, your dad packed the day. The day before as well, no big deal. Actually, I think I did it the night before. I had everything laid out and sorted. Um, so maybe that's what I did too, the night before. Whatever, it doesn't matter. So on the road, John decides the time because we were like, he's driving, he can decide the time. That was so funny. She was like, well, what time should we leave? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, you guys tell me. 
I don't want to make any decisions. Just tell me when to show up and I'll be there. I can't. So we decided to ask John. Mm -hmm. And he exactly. said, how about 11? And it's three hours to get there. Yeah. So it was a good drive. We yeah. sat in the back. He was our chauffeur. He was, yeah. He was driving up front and we were both sitting in the back. And we talked a lot about kind of what I went through. Yeah. Just to... Yeah, I found that to be like really, really helpful is just talking with my mom about her own experience and, um, you know, I find it helpful to be as prepared as I feel I can, especially mentally yeah. and just knowing, you know, the kinds of things that I can expect um, because when you feel like you have no control and you don't know what to expect, I feel like that just adds like a whole other layer of you know, fear and um, tension going into something that's already... So, yeah. yeah, we got to Calgary, we got to the hotel, which was really nice. We did skip the dishes. Yeah, we did. Uh, the first night, oh my gosh. Okay, we it was amazing. I just had chicken fingers and french fries. And I we got soft pretzels. Yes, you did. And, and we, we got cheesecake, <laughs> cheesecake with... Uh, <laughs> Um, deep fried Mars bar, which I've never had before. Listen, so we were we like, don't have, we feelings. don't emotionally eat at all. Um, it's fine, so don't even worry. So about we, it. there was some stirrups happening. We were just like dealing with what we could, and yeah. so um, I'm like, we went to bed, and I said, "We're gonna get the rest you can." And I made her have a shower, which she was gonna have a shower in the morning, but I was like, "I did too. I had, yeah. I had multiple showers. Yeah. You I was were a very like, clean specimen. You were cold." And I was like, just, just, you know what? It, like, there's nerves. So she had a shower, and then in the morning, you were up like. I was up sleep. at four. Yeah, you didn't sleep much. Yeah. So. Anxiety. You, you showered and everything, and then I'm like, okay, we're sitting on the edge of the bed, and we're like, okay, so we don't have to be there till six. And the hospital's literally right just across there. the street. We could have yeah. walked there. We yeah. could have. We should have actually. It might have been a cool idea. Yeah. Anyway, so. We, I looked at her and I said, well, do you want to just wait in the truck outside the hospital and just like go from there instead of, and she's like, oh, I don't know, maybe not. And I'm like, and then she goes, yeah, no, let's do that. Like, so that you can make the sprint at six o'clock. Well, uh -huh. we got there, you got out of the truck and off you went. Yeah. Yeah. That was hard. That was hard. It was really hard going in there and, you know, it's so early in the morning and there's like nobody in there and you go through like the screening um, and we couldn't go together. No, I walked in by myself and then I went into admissions and um, I went through the whole, you know, process of like ask, asking all the questions and then like people were coming in behind me. There was like this mother daughter and the daughter was quite young and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Why? <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. And so then I like did my thing, got my bracelet and then I had to go up to the third floor, I think, whatever. So I go up there and I walk into the waiting room and there's all these little couches and it's all like couples sitting in these couches, like two by two by two sitting close together, you know, talking like they all know, like they look like they know each other. And I'm just like, what is going on? <laughs> so then it said that like, you know, I, I was there early, so it wasn't six o'clock yet. So I had to wait until six o'clock to talk to someone. And I was kind of just like, hey, like, are we allowed to have support people? 
And she was like, yeah, they change it day by day. And today they decided that you can have a support person. Wait, what? I know. And I was like, um, okay, so I didn't know. Number one, probably should have called beforehand, but I was just so nervous. I just, think that yeah. Could. And they had told me specifically, like, I wasn't allowed to have one. So I just went with that. But I was like, can I please call my mom and tell her that she can come? And she's like, oh, yeah, for sure. And so that part for me was just, like, such a huge relief yeah. and just, like, I was just so grateful for that because, um, you know, it's quite funny. We were like laughing that we didn't really talk very much and we were just sitting beside each other, like scrolling through our phones and yeah. stuff, but just having that presence with me and knowing that I wasn't alone yeah, that was, was like just such a huge gift in, in all of that because like that was one of my biggest fears going into that. It's just like going into that situation completely by yourself. Um, is really tough, you know, like it's, it's hard. Yeah. And as a mother, the support person, I was just like, oh, exactly the same thing. I'm like in the truck and I said, John, go get a coffee. So I went to Tim Hortons and I'm just sitting there and I'm like, I, I don't, I don't know how to do this. Yeah. It's easier to be like, and I, I no, I know. I what feel you like mean. it's easier to be the person, like for myself, not anyone else, but just to be the person that's going through it. So you don't, you don't have to deal with the anxiety, but you're dealing the with waiting. anxiety. It's, it's, it's just a weird feeling. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. And then I get a text from her, and John was waiting for Tim Hortons to open up. It wasn't open yet. He's like, what? Yeah. So I'm like, no, get a coffee. And then I'm like, what's taking him so long? We need to get back to the hospital, which I could run to but anyway because I just I wanted to get there so badly yeah. and um so I got there um and I got my little green sticker yeah um, and yeah, off I, I went and the thing for me was actually and I had met Dr. Uh, Raja, Raja Kumar, Raja yeah. Kumar and I met him before and he's a very nice man mm -hmm. he came in we met like the nurse that was going to be in the OR with you who was lovely she was so lovely yeah. um also the anesthesiologist I got to meet all of them so I I mean not that this even matters but it gave me a sense of peace yeah because they were all very um, informed and they shared information and the doctor said like Raina do you have any questions well you didn't at that point I no, think I was, was like, just like could we just get this over with yeah um, and there comes a point like for me in, in my experience personally mm -hmm. I was just like can can you guys just knock me out already? Like, I don't want to be a part of this anymore. Like, I just want to be on the other side. Yeah. Um, and I know that that might sound weird to say, but it was just like thinking so much about what's coming, the apprehension and like, you know, you're waiting for it to come um, was just getting to be a lot. And you yeah. just, you just want to be on the other side. And um, so that was like, I was like, okay, enough chit chat. Can we just like get this thing started? Let's go. And, like, and let's yeah. just do it and get it over with, kind of thing. So the anesthesiologist came in and he was great. He, he was asked you a ton of questions, almost the same questions that everybody else had asked yeah. her. But then he said, okay, because you have asthma, he made her take her inhaler, yeah, both yeah. of them, and he knew that you were you had nausea and all that stuff. So he he was just the nicest man. Yeah. My anesthesiologist just scared that jeepers out of me he was like yeah. aggressively mean and I was like I don't want to have done anything wrong drank anything done anything because they're not going to do the surgery I was so afraid yeah. of that but I mean he wasn't mean I just felt just intimidated by him but this guy do you want me to move that I'm not supposed to sorry oh anyway no, okay. sorry anyway 
So I just felt confident and off they went. And, and through this, Raina wanted to be documented and I really actually had to kick myself because I was in the moment and I wanted to take a picture of the two of you going down the hall. Oh, gosh. But I didn't, yeah, I forgot that's fine. that. But um, yeah, and then they, I went home. They told me to go to the hotel. Yeah, and, and for me, like, it was such a weird experience yes. again, like something I didn't want to be a part of just because for me, my anxiety with everything, like, I just, I just didn't want to... I almost felt frozen, right? Like yeah. I just didn't want to do anything. And so they wheeled me in my bed to the, the operating room and then I had to like get off the bed and walk into the room. Um, I didn't have to do that. And you walk in and it's like this big room with such bright lights and machines and tools and equipment everywhere. And there's quite a few people in there and then there's like this little um, bed that you're gonna go on and was it I metal? Had, what? Metal? Was it metal? Yeah, it was yeah. metal and it just had like kind of a pad on top and then it had a part that came off. Um, and I had to to get myself up on there and like get myself adjusted and then everyone's surrounding me and they're trying to tell me jokes and stuff and, and I just immediately started like uncontrollably shaking and like the tears just started rolling down because I was so afraid. Um, yeah. And it's just like, it's, it's a hard situation to be in to know, like, because this is something they do every day, it's, it's not a big deal mm -hmm. to them, but it is a really big deal to me. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, so it was just, it was a lot. Um, and again, I remember just thinking like, can you guys just put me under already? It just seemed to take like a really long time to, to get to that, like being passed out basically. So... But my nurse, again, she was so nice. She knew that I was, you know, struggling and, and feeling really anxious. And she was so sweet. Um, and just as I was falling asleep, kind of telling me that I was safe and that they were going to take really good care of me. And that's the last thing that I remember. So I feel like, you know, if I could thank her for that, I totally wish that I could because I think that that's such an important thing to say to someone mm -hmm. going into that kind of situation and then waking up you know the situation I think this isn't necessarily always normal but I think with COVID and everything the restrictions ramping back up and us being in Calgary there were a lot of surgeries that day so when I woke up in recovery there was just like like a lot of people in the same room um, all waking up at the same time just kind of like spaced out in a line and um, I remember just like wanting to get to my wanting to get to my room but not being able to stay awake and taking like a little while right and then when it was finally time for me to go to my room um, then being told that like they would be able to call my mom and I just kept saying like can you call her now please like can you call her can she come and um, yeah, it was, it was, uh, I don't even know what to say. It was, it was a lot to, yeah. to process. And, and then again, cause I get sick that, you know? Yes. So I was going to say on the other side of this, so I had asked, I'm like, okay, when can we, okay, the surgery's at 840. So it was a little bit later than that. They weren't, they were pretty much on time. They were pretty close. No, they really were yeah. on time, yeah. Um, so I said, well, well, when can we expect the surgery to be done? And they said, well, it's scheduled to be done at 11.20.
So I'm like, okay. So I'm like, okay, in my head. And she said, and I said, I'm like, how long in recovery? Well, 15 to two hours, 15 minutes to two hours. And I'm like, okay. So I jumped right to 15 minutes. I'm like, oh yeah, she's going to be fine in, in her room in 15 minutes because I don't want to wait. And so I'm in the, I'm at, in the hotel and I'm watching the clock. Yeah. And I'm going, okay, like, okay, she's out. It's 1120. All right, so they're going to, they're going to contact me. Anytime. And it's uh, 12 o'clock. It's 1230. It's 1 o'clock. And I'm like sitting there going, what is going on? Why hasn't anybody called me? Is my phone on? I'm checking it. I'm doing all these things. And I can only liken it to what happened to John when I went through my surgery. I got back into um, my room from recovery and they didn't tell him. He was in the waiting room, actually not very far away from my room, room but didn't see me like I came a different way. And he'd go up to the nurse and she's like, no, she's not in yet. So he started to panic. Yeah. And he had to wait two hours. And it was basically the same for me. And then when I got, I, I could see a call coming in and then it got like disconnected and it just went right directly to voicemail. So I was like, what? So I heard, I could go. So I just booked it there and then came in and you were kind of awake and not, but it was very, um, as a mother to see your child going through that, um, it just, and just knowing kind of how you felt. Um, when I was in the grocery store, I decided to shop in between because I'm like, okay, I got to get like, just to make it easy. I want to have breakfast food for her. I just want to make like if she needs some snacks, all of those things. I'm in the grocery store and I'm like, you cannot cry. Like I was just emotional. And then when I saw you, it was like the same thing. You cannot cry. I was just so happy to see you. Yeah. So here we are. Yes. And then somebody has to pee. Um, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. I know that I get sick from anesthetic and it happened and it was awful. And add in just for a little bit of humor, if you like this kind of humor, many of you might not. Um, but with COVID, you're wearing masks. Think about it. Put two and two together. It's not a fun time. Zero out of 10 would not recommend to a friend. Um, but yeah, so that was really hard and, and just being in a room with no bathroom or anything like you yeah. have to like get up and go walk to the washroom on the ward or, or whatever. Yeah. So it was, it was a challenge, but, and, and I mean, it was weird because I didn't know how long I was supposed to be there and the nurse, like, I know it was so busy in there and there's so much going on and Dr. Raja Kumar had surgeries back to back, back to back all day. So he just wasn't available um so i didn't get to talk to him after or anything which was really hard i really didn't like that part um but they kept referring to like my paperwork and signing off on it and then you know i could go and so i just didn't know like nobody was coming in to like do anything with me so eventually like i slept for a bit and then we just i was just like can we just go like i just don't want to be here anymore so we got to the hotel i think around 4 30. yeah um, so her surgery was completed between, and, and I'm not 100% sure because we didn't get any information. You still haven't gotten any information. You did, actually. Oh, wait. Let's back up the bus. Sorry. I just, yeah. Yeah. Just 
a little bit a sec. So don't apologize. That's the other thing. We are so Canadian. Oh we must God, apologize to each other a thousand times. Okay, so um, when we're in, um, the first nurse, uh, we said, like I said, she said, is there any way that uh, I would be able to talk to the surgeon? And she goes, she was very hopeful. She lied and said, oh yeah, sometimes they come in and see you. And so Raina said, would there be any way like I could see the, the notes? And she said, well, I can get the paperwork. It's just actually documenting what happened. It's not going to be his notes. We're like, yes, please bring it in. Yeah, like we don't care, whatever you have. Yeah. So the first page said exactly what he told you you were having, which was? Excision um, of endometriosis and hysterectomy and salpingectomy as well as a cystoscopy. And what are those two last things? That... So a salpingectomy is removal of the fallopian tubes, but I kept my ovaries and a cystoscopy is looking inside your bladder. So that will lead us back to going pee. Right. And, and the many times. Oh my God. It's been a journey, <laughs> y'all. I don't, want to make, I don't want to make you laugh. Anyway, so I'm actually not too bad at laughing. That's so good. It's better. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't in the beginning. Okay. So anyway, um, so then we flip to the next page, and they're very, very cautious about anything. Like I was ready to record him when he talked if we got to see him, and I really did. Memory. Yeah, yeah, I really did want to like take pictures. And you have to think. I don't think your memory is that great when you're in a traumatic situation. No. No. Yeah. So the second page says the what they were sending for pathology yeah so it's got your uterus it's got um fallopian, fallopian tubes, tubes and then cervix. the word ovary yeah and i'm like wait, wait what, what? <laughs> ovary no no so i'm like wait a minute and so she's ready to close it. i'm like no 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 that like did she have and another reason why it's so important to have a support person with you you know, so I'm like, did did she have her ovaries removed? Did she have a cyst on her ovaries? Because the nurse, the first nurse, said there was a cyst removed, and we're like, what? Okay, so yeah, wait, wait what? what? <laughs> yeah. So the first nurse, she goes, I honestly can't answer anything uh, right and of now. Course, and she didn't know. That. She goes, I don't know. I'm just reading. She, they change shifts and, are you okay? Yeah, I just need to stand. They change shifts and um, this other nurse comes in who is very, I am very secure in my position. Confident. I know this and I'm going to, uh, you need to leave as soon as possible. Yeah. In the nicest way. Basically. So she, we asked her and she goes, oh no. He only did what you signed off on. Yeah. And, and like, he's not going to come see you. He's busy. Yeah. They never come see you. That's new. Not even a deal. And then I said to Rain, I'm like, oh, you know, and I never saw my surgeon until I went for my follow-up. So I'm yeah. like, okay, I guess maybe it's natural because they're in surgery all day. Yeah. Which makes sense, I guess. Like, But it is off-putting to go through something like that. And you know that you're not going to know what happens until after. Yeah. And then you don't get, you have to just leave there not knowing exactly what was done. Totally. It's an awful feeling. I hate it. Totally. I 100% I agree. So then I say to her, and she goes, no, he did everything that he said. And I'm like, flip to page two, please. So she did, and I said, I pointed, and I'm like, it says ovary right there. What did he do? Did he remove the ovary? Did he remove a cyst on the ovary? Why is ovary there? Oh, she said, it's probably a typo. I'm like, you know what? I'm not really comfortable with... With probably a typo, right? Yeah. Yeah. So she actually, God bless her, she went and said, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna page him because this is 
not what it says on the front page. There's something different. So she did page him and he did call. Yeah. She talked to him. We didn't get to talk to him. So she came out and she goes, no, it was a typo. And I, I, I guess in that someone else is putting the information She's in. dictating. And, yeah. and maybe, you know, they're normally, what usually happens is they take the ovaries. So somebody put that in there. Yeah. Um, so then off we went. We went um, back to the hotel, which was, you know, that's, it's so funny because it was so close, but it's, it's really well, we hard. had a truck yeah but you know it was wasn't as hard to get into the truck as I thought it was yeah. gonna be um, and my dad is so sweet and was so careful and we got there and it was really nice like I think the hotel across gets a lot of patients that are staying from the hospital mm -hmm. so they had like a wee wheelchair in the a wee a, a wheelchair a wheelchair that I think that maybe was for children or you know I do I I am blessed in the bottom half region of my hips and um, bum yeah, so I was actually the wheels were like hitting my hips and my butt so that was super fun on the way up to the room but we're um, so grateful because I'm like but I, I don't know how like, we're gonna do because we were on the sixth floor. Um, and having to get like across the lobby and then up to, up to the room and everything. Um, yeah. And I, you know, I am so grateful that my parents booked another night at the hotel because as much as I wanted to go home after, like I couldn't have made that drive. Like I was just not well and, um, just really needed okay. to rest and, and also, like, we talked about, like, the journey to my first pee. That was, that could be a whole other podcast in and of itself. <laughs> but picture this, like, we'll just let you in on a little bit of the humor. Um, because I had, I was sitting on the toilet trying to pee. And with, I've never had a cystoscopy done before, but I think, like, maybe my bladder was seizing up or it just had a lot was done not it wasn't happy and so my bladder was full but like nothing was happening and so we had a bathroom with we were so lucky we had like bars and then the shower was right across from the toilet and my mom um, and it was a shower that was really accessible it had like no um, out, out, outer thing to it that you had to step over and it had like a fold-down chair in it kind of thing and so my mom was like sitting on the chair facing me and we're like facing each other in the bathroom and I'm not going to lie, we were in there for 45 minutes before I could pee. So we're just like having conversations and I talking. She's telling me about her. And it brought back a lot of memories for me. I yeah. remember having trouble peeing initially. Yeah. Like it's just, it's it's very difficult. And Jen, I don't know if you're still here. If, if you I don't know, yeah, that, I wonder if like, you had that too. Um, um, but, and then the worst part was also laughing. Yes. So uh, if you know us, like it, when one person starts giggling, like you can't, it just gets carried away. And we always have like these little one-liners we slip in or like these little jokes, like we just Gen can't City, help yes. it. Yeah. And so, and, and it reminded me so much of, of after giving birth, yes. you know, I, I had a, a weird tear that was like on the, like internal. Mm. And laughing, you don't realize how much you use your vagina and your your pelvic floor and your your this yeah, area. Just laugh and find Everything. out where you yeah. feel it. Yeah, and when you have some sort of trauma there or injury or uh, incision or something, and then you go to laugh, it's not. Oh, awesome. Jane, 
it's not awesome. So yeah, it was it was definitely a challenge. I recommend always carrying a pillow with you. Yes. And being able to press it into yourself to brace yourself against. So yeah, we went through like the first day and a half. Um, it was like I was with her the whole time. And uh, then she got up in the middle of the night on her own. I did. And went. That was the next night. Yeah. yeah. It was the next day. And, and so it was like, look at you. And I was like, you go, girl. And then, yeah, she just... She, and we had to switch rooms. I initially said, you sleep oh in my a queen-size bed because the bathroom was in there. But then I'm like, wait a minute. She had to walk this long distance and come around. Which wasn't so bad. No. Like, walking's good. But so. when I, we thought about it, I thought about it. I was like, wait a minute. This The queen-size bed's over here and you just have to walk. It was a much shorter distance. Um, and so it was just... It was just I didn't think it clearly. So, so we had to rearrange everything. Well, not we. I The royal we. I didn't do anything. No. Um, they were... My parents, like, honestly, one of the things that I actually did want to say that I've been thinking a lot about is I recognize so much and I'm so grateful for, like, the privilege that I have. Like, um, I don't think that it is a normal thing to have so much support and care in a situation like this. I hope it is, but I honestly, like in the pandemic, mm -hmm. I have two young boys. My husband has a small business. Um, you know, we're going through more restrictions right now. Schools are closing down, those sorts of things. And um, to have the support that I've had and even to access the surgery in itself, yes. but have the people there with me to help me and then being able to stay here at my parents' house afterwards and like the amazing way that they are caring for me and making sure that I'm okay. Um, I That's something I've just been really thinking a lot about because I think about all of the people I know who have endometriosis and don't have the same kind of support and I just can't even imagine how challenging it would be to do this on your own or with very little support or having to return to work immediately oh. after or yeah. you know all of those challenges because it is a major surgery and I, I think a lot of people don't really understand that um, or don't recognize that so I just really wanted to say that because uh, people living with endometriosis and going through these things, it's a lot and it and does it require be, so much support. You um, can be isolated. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And I just think like we, well, John and I are retired. Um, I have a, a small business and it, it's just... It, the luxury again the privilege to yeah. be able to just drop everything and I'm so grateful I, that that is something that I really was conscious of it's really important to be there for your kids when they're little and as they're growing up but it's still yeah. really important to be there for your kids when they're older um and your grandchildren uh and so it's just exactly it we set up our life so that we would be able to be um really active grandparents in a pandemic but whatever <laughs> but I want to say okay before we wrap this baby up um uh I want to let you know that another thing that really saved us was 
RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh my gosh, yeah, we, we binge, binge watched, watched <laughs> RuPaul's Drag Race. race. And it, ways. And it was like, that really helped, just having like... I'd never of, watched yeah, it Yeah, she had never seen it before. Um, we watched season 12. 12. And Highly recommended. If you haven't watched yeah. it... You might, we tried to go back. You can't go back after season 12. We did try to go back. It's hard to get into the other seasons once you've seen, like, it just keeps getting better and better, I think, like, in terms of, yeah. like, the show and, and everything. Just but I think there's there's a lot of good seasons in there. Yeah. And I think we'll we just, we had a hard time going yeah. back. And then Love on the Spectrum. We watched that show. It was so, so good. good. Um, but one thing I do want to say before we leave, because... Mm -hmm. um, I, I did get to talk to my doctor just yes. before that. And yes, he, I was going to ask you about he that. He did get the, the surgical notes. So one of the things that, again, it's just like that validation that is so important. And I think why I felt so unsettled after my surgery is they did find adenomyosis in my uterus um, after my hysterectomy. And so that's one of the things, again, it's so hard to get diagnosed Um with adenomyosis because really one of the only ways to get diagnosed is through a hysterectomy and then the pathology afterwards. I have to educate myself more mm -hmm. in, in that now that I know that that's what I had. Um, but it's just that validation knowing that it wasn't, wasn't in my head no, and totally. the pain was real. And also, you know, with, um, the other things that were removed, you know, they found abnormal tissue, said, you know, it's not cancerous, but found a lot of abnormal tissue in my uterus, on my uterus, my cervix um, was inflamed and had abnormal tissue. Um, my fallopian tubes were fine, um, but they also had to remove both left and right side walls, yeah. uh, pelvic side walls because they had endometriosis as well as, um, I can't remember what it's called now, but there was another section that they had to cut out. Um, and again, it's just really nice to know what happened Yes. and to have the validation that, you know, because we're told so often that it's in our head and that it can't be that bad or, you know, it, there's a cure for it or pregnancy cures it or mm. this or that or the other thing or if you just ate better or if you did this mm. um, it's I had um, ablation in 2011 and was told that was upon my diagnosis I had no idea um, and was told just to get pregnant and that that would take care of everything and 10 years later exactly 10 years later because I was 28 yeah. Um, you know, having the surgery, and I remember even saying to my mom that I was afraid, like, what if they don't find anything? Yes, what if this is just all in before, my head? and I'm like, Raina, it's not in your head, it's um, real, and it's not that I'm happy that I have these things, it's not that I'm like, oh, sweet, I had a adenomyosis this whole no. time, but I was so worried about having the hysterectomy and wondering if it was the right choice for me, but something in my gut again yeah. told Listen me. To that, um, you know, I'm finished having children. I have suffered so much in having my periods and mm -hmm. I just feel like something's wrong. And I felt like it was the right step for me. Again, there's, it's such a complex thing and it's so individual and this is just my experience. Yeah. 
but knowing that receiving that information and confirmation that that's exactly what I was going through is just really important and if I can say anything it's just don't stop advocating for yourself use your voice speak up if something doesn't feel right and just trust yourself yes and know that you're not being too much and you're not asking for too much and you deserve proper care you deserve support and you deserve to be heard and um yeah it's it's just a really important thing and i am so grateful to have even just this small little community community and platform to share my experience and um talk to you guys and connect with you because it's so important and it really matters and after the surgery i think i'm just even more um motivated and um determined to create change in how patients go through this disease and the medical system that we have to navigate it, mm. it needs to change and I'm one person but my story matters just like yours does and yes we need and the to more, share yeah the more we talk about it the more that it's going to get out there and it's going to be well it, it, but you have to talk about it yeah uh, and that brings me to this. I just want to share oh, yeah. this gorgeous, I, I, you probably can't read it, but this is a gorgeous coffee mug. And the, this is artwork that Raina did. And we want to encourage her to do more of this. Um, but my, my mug says, no choice but to use my voice. And I love it. It's like my favorite flower. And I just love that. It's something that really resonates with me. And I just really want to encourage um, women everywhere to actually speak up and use your voice uh, in truth and kindness and respect and to also listen. Also listen without formulating a response, to really hear someone. Um, and so yeah, Raina's mug says, Invisit ill. Invisit ill and it's- For invisible illnesses and chronic illnesses. You know, sometimes you just have to make cute things yep, to get through it. Cute things. And another place you can go if you want to hear more uh, is Endocate Me. Yes, that's my other account is Endocate Me. But really, I share everything. I don't even know why I have so many accounts. It's you got to have an account. So anyway, we are going to say goodbye yes. and thank you guys so much. Uh, Raina, you're amazing. You're um, amazing. We weren't 100% sure um, that uh, she was going to yeah. be able to participate in this. But she's like, oh, no, I can do this. Really need health classes. Yes, right? Oh my gosh. Yes. And it's I think that Two now we're moving coming. into a an area where um we can just the more we talk about it and you know your story, I always think about people's stories. Yeah, Rain is going through they you love you for guys your so comments. Much. Um and you know we can do this. I think there's there's an option and I see it down there is if people want to ask questions. Yes. We'll do that later. We'll actually if you have any questions, we'll actually put a question box up, up in our stories. Yes, please ask them. Um but and thank this is you. we're going to have to talk more. Obviously, we always run out of time. There's so much to say and I think there's a lot to talk about on the the road to recovery afterwards. Yes, because, we'll check in with you. Yeah, and I mean, I, one of the things I do want to say, and we will talk about later, is you know, in my phone call follow up with my just with my GP, um, I found out that I was actually rejected for a pelvic floor physiotherapy referral because they don't deal specifically with endometriosis. 
And so I really want to talk about the challenges we face in mm. our aftercare once we've had the surgery. Yes. And for those of us who can't do hormone therapies or won't do hormone therapies such as myself, the challenges that we face moving forward in taking care of ourselves and making sure that we have the longest period of time be between surgeries. Um, yes, and I had talked to my chiropractor who is amazing. He's like one of the nicest men and I, I spoke to him about Raina and her surgery and so he started talking about endometriosis and the fact that it's not just a reproductive organ disease. He was saying things, I was like, wait a minute, this guy's like, actually... Who is this man? And he was saying <laughs> how, he goes, you know, and I, I said, well, she has TMJ just like me, mm -hmm. and he's treating me for that. And he said, she can come in and see me, we can have a conversation, but he said uh, something that is quite common it scar tissue after and he said you know if there's any if they've, they've done anything on the pelvic wall or the side so I was like he said I'm she can just talk to me we can just talk so yeah. it's like through the process of healing so there are other places and you have to check like honestly and it's why we're having this conversation but we will talk about it more next week we might talk about something a little bit lighter we'll check yeah out. sure we might just talk about who knows uh, yeah. Maybe we'll talk and I'll share more on my page. Plants. I just kill plants. All right. Oh, she's going to play music. So thank you so much for tuning in. And you know what? Wear a hat today for mental health yes. awareness. Your mental health matters. Your physical health matters. And they really and they go are, together. Yeah, they're a package deal. Bye. Bye. Do I just hit the X? Yes. But then, yeah, okay. So then, okay, let me just take it out of here. Careful. Let me do that for you. Can we just end now? Can we just be in there?